Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek, and this is part four of Quan Mill's Old Thought Next Door. Um, today we'll be reading chapters uh, seven and eight. Um, and in the last chapter, uh, we met a few uh, people that uh, I don't think are going to show up anymore in the book, hopefully. But I mean, if, if, if the doctors show back up, I think I, I don't think Bernita will be mad about that at all. But uh, we met Donovan, who was a CT tech, an x-ray tech. Um, Basically, after Vernita got dicked down by Percy, uh, she cooked him a, a huge breakfast uh, with no grit. Shout out to Jill Scott. Um, but a really big breakfast, like a you ain't going nowhere today, nigga type breakfast. And he didn't eat any of it. He just rushed out to meet up with Markel uh, at the gym to talk about a, a trainer job. Uh, so... Um, Vernita sat back down on the couch and got lightheaded and actually seemed to be exhibiting what seemed like um, dementia or Alzheimer's. We don't know what it is yet, but um, when she got a hold of herself, when she realized what, when she got, we, when she regained her faculties, that's a better way to put it. Um, her house was filled with black smoke and her next door neighbor was pounding on the door uh, trying to get her attention. Uh, he was about to call the fire department, but she talked him out of it. Uh, she went to the doctor's office um, and she was helped by Dr. McKnight, uh, a sexy ass uh, doctor who I guess looked like Blair Underwood. Uh, they sent her off for a, um, CT scan. Um, and when she came back, Alice was there. She had called Alice to have her bring her keys and well, to bring her reading glasses out to the hospital. Uh, so Alice was there and she confessed that they were best friends and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Alice was spilling her guts while also uh, talking about how messed up it was that Vernita had left her in the club with them old ass niggas. And then Dr. McKnight came back in and was like, hey, I need to talk to Vernita alone. And uh, he said that he had some bad news. And that's pretty much where the last episode left off. So here is chapter seven of Old Thought Next Door. You have brain cancer. 
Huh? My face twisted with confusion. I had to have him repeat what he just said. I just knew he didn't say what I thought he had said. Yes, Miss Washington. Unfortunately, we suspect you have brain cancer. The radiologist detected a large growing tumor on the right lobe of your brain. It's spreading to the point where you're becoming symptomatic, which means you might be at stage three or possibly even four. My eyes widened with fear and I clutched my chest out of shock. Cancer? Like cancer, cancer? Yes, cancer, he continued. I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. So does this mean I'm gonna die soon? I don't know, Dr. McKnight muttered. Lying there, I didn't know what else to say. So many thoughts flooded my mind that I couldn't even squeeze out another question. Well, based on the CAT scan, we think there is hope for a treatment. We're gonna reference you to the top oncologist here. Cancer is not always a death sentence. We have newer treatments. But at my age, I interrupted, I'm in my late seventies. What kind of real treatment is out there that would really work for somebody in my age bracket? Is it even worth it? You never know, Miss Washington. The best thing you can do right now is remain optimistic, he continued. But anyways, I'll leave you some time to process everything and I'll go ahead and get into contact with the oncology department to have an appointment set up for you as soon as possible. Okay, was all I could respond with as the doctor made his way out of the door. Alice then strolled in right after him. So what's wrong, she asked. I looked dead at her and said, I have cancer, brain cancer. Alice suddenly clasped her mouth and her eyes widened to the side of two big moons. Cancer? Yes, cancer. No, no, no! She exploded into tears as she made her way over to me. This ain't right. This just ain't right, she kept repeating as she leaned in to give me a hug. We got to get you to another doctor ASAP. I mean, how do they even know for sure you got cancer? They could just be telling you anything. You should get a second opinion. Alice, calm down, I said, trying to assure her. But I was nervous and scared just like she was. The doctor said he's going to refer me over to an oncologist. Hopefully, I can get an appointment first thing in the morning. As Alice managed to calm herself, she and I continued to talk until the doctor came back into the room. After running a few lighter tests, the hospital discharged me and Alice sent me back home. As we hit the city streets, it was so crazy how such a beautiful sunny Sunday gave birth to such sad news. My life was coming to an end, y'all. Sitting in the pasture seat and staring out the window, I just wanted to explode into tears, but I had to hold myself together. Although the doctor told me to remain optimistic, there was no way in hell I had it in me to survive something as horrible as cancer. Alice pulled her Camry into the driveway of my townhouse, and as the two of us got out, I could hear some loud, bass-heavy music rumbling. Alice threw a look of confusion at me and asked, what in the hell is that noise? I threw a glance shot right back at her and shrugged my shoulders. Hell, I don't know. I'm going to call the police, Alice shouted as she quickly rummaged through her purse. 
wait, don't don't do that. I forgot. That's my sister's son. I forgot I left him a key. Confusion suddenly swamped Alice's face. Your sister's son? You got a sister? I thought you only had a brother. Girl, I got a half-sister that I didn't really tell anybody about. My father was a rolling stone. You know how that goes, I fibbed. I had to make up some shit quick. Oh, damn. Alice mumbled and then got quiet. She trailed me as I made my way up to the front door. Once I unlocked the door and opened it, a plume of smoke escaped the front door. The smell was thicker than molasses and it reeked of weed. Percy, Percy, I screeched out. Cut off that goddamn music. We got company. The hell is wrong with you? Girl, is everything all right? You sure you don't want me to call the police? Alice asked as her voice turned high pitched and filled with nervousness. No, don't do that. I'm gonna get his ass right. I couldn't believe Percy was doing this to me right now. I hadn't even been gone the entire day and this trifling nigga was already turning my house into a pigsty. The music was so loud. And when I made my way past the foyer and into the living room, I noticed it was playing from my television and the speaker system hooked up to it. I didn't even realize those damn speakers could get that damn loud. Percy, bring your ass out here right now, I yelled. Calm down, Vernita. You don't want to get yourself too worked up, Alice pleaded, but her words went through one ear and out the other. I was ready to kill this nigga. This is just entirely too disrespectful. From the way he had been talking to me to him not wanting my breakfast, then to add fuel to the fire, I was now walking around with a motherfucking tumor in my head that could kill me at any moment. Although he'd only been out of prison for less than a day, I wanted his ass gone already. First thing I was going to do once I left the doctor's office tomorrow morning was to run my ass down to a lawyer and get this marriage annulled to serve this crazy nigga divorce papers. Percy! I yelled again at the top of my lungs when I lunged over to the television and cut the music off. What, bitch? I heard him yell as he stormed out into the living room without a damn thing on his body. He was fully naked and his big old dick was hanging down to his kneecaps. Percy, put some clothes on, I screamed. Oh, my God, exclaimed Alice. She clasped her mouth and spun around. I'm so sorry about that. I apologize, feeling so embarrassed this is happening right now. Man, who the fuck this bitch is? Wash up in my house, Percy screamed as he stood his naked ass there with no shame. She had like she ain't never seen a dick before, he laughed. Maybe she ain't seen a big ass black dick before. Percy, have some motherfucking respect or you need to pack your shit up and get the hell out of my house. This is not your house, nigga. Look, I think I should just leave, girl. I'm gonna holler at you later, Alice said as she quickly made her way out the door. I'm so sorry about this, girl, but thank you for helping me out. I'll call you later. I need to set this bastard straight. Okay, well, holla at me if you need anything, she muttered as she zipped out the front door. Pissed, I dashed down the hallway and made my way into my bedroom, where I saw this nigga casually putting some clothes on. Why in the fuck do you got my house smelling like this? And why did you have that music blasting to the high heavens? Who do you think you are? Nigga, this is my house. 
my house. I paid the mortgage for this motherfucker. Bitch, you must have forgot. I'm married to your ass. So that means this is my house too. Nigga, you done lost your motherfucking mind. This is not your house. Let's get that straight right now, partner. I screamed at the top of my lungs. Why was I even continuing to bother with this fool? No, fuck that. He need to get all his shit and leave immediately. In fact, you know what? I'm done, I yelled, throwing my hands up in surrender. We don't need to be married. You don't have the slightest respect for me and what I've done for you. You need to pack up all your shit and get the hell up out my house. Now, nigga. Suddenly, without hesitation, Percy lunged at me, grabbed me, and slammed me up against the wall. Bitch, I'll kill you. I ain't go no motherfucking where. Let me go! Old ho, I ain't let nothing go. Shit, you lucky I'm even fucking your old wrinkled ass. Dry ass pussy ain't even that good any damn way. Now go in there and fix me something to eat, old bitch. Old bitch. First, this nigga disrespect me by talking all types of shit to me. Then he puts his hands on me. Not to mention, he even disrespected my friend. But even worse, you call me an old bitch? I didn't know what came over me, but all I saw was red. You hear me, old bitch? I said, go fix me something to eat. A nigga's hungry. All right, all right, I'm gonna fix you something. Just, just calm down, I said softly. Here I was standing in front of this man and didn't even bother to ask me where I'd been at all day. I was fresh out the hospital, freshly diagnosed with brain cancer and all he wanted was some food. I got his food all right. So you're not even gonna ask me where I've been at all day? I had to ask before I left out the room. Smacking his teeth, he growled, no, I don't give a fuck. You was probably out playing bingo or some shit. Now hurry up and go fix me something to eat so I can put this wood up in you so you can get off my fucking nerves. Just like that, I already knew what I had to do. I coolly strolled into the kitchen and noticed how the breakfast I had been making earlier was all still out. The kitchen was an absolute mess. I spent the next hour or so cleaning up before I started whipping up a quick lunch. I already had the perfect meal in mind too. Shrimp and grits. I just knew Percy was gonna love them. I pulled down a box of grits, measured out two cups and then threw them into a pot of boiling water. Once they finished, I gently stirred them and then set the oven to low. It wasn't going to take long to make the shrimp, so I went back into the bedroom to go run to the bathroom right quick. Percy was laying down on the bed watching ESPN as he smoked a joint. My food almost ready yet, woman? He asked sternly. Yes, baby. It's almost done. I, I just got a tinkle, I replied as I strolled into the bathroom. All right, good, because I got other shit to do tonight. Once I closed the bathroom door and locked it, I rummaged through the medicine cabinet and pulled out an old bottle of some medicine I had last year for my blood pressure. I quickly checked the bottle to see how many pills I had left. Too many to count, but enough to put Percy in his rightful place. I closed the bottle and stuffed it in my bra. Once I took a tinkle, I made my way back into the kitchen and pulled the bottle out of my bra. 
I took out my food processor from the cabinet in front of me and threw the entire bottle of pills into it. Once I crushed the pills up into a fine powder, I started gently into the grits and then added some seasonings and other spices to cover up the taste. Some minutes later, I finished making the Cajun shrimp and bacon medley to go on top of the grits. I scooped out a generous serving on top of the grits and then sprinkled some chopped green onions on top of it. Percy, the food is ready, I called out with a big smile on my face. Not even a half minute later, Percy came strolling into the kitchen. Whew, finally, a nigga's hungry as fuck, he groaned and sat down at the dining room table. I sat the heavy bowl of shrimp and grits before him. What do you want to drink? I can make you a nice cocktail to go with them shrimp and grits. Like what? I could take this leftover peach lemonade and mix it with the whiskey and some vodka. It'll calm your nerves down really good. Well, fix me one, but don't add too much vodka because I said I got some shit to do tonight. He grunted and then dived right into the food. Damn, this shit is good. Your ass is good for something still. Yes, I am. I sure am, I smiled. In all of the things that I thought would happen, brain cancer didn't even enter my mind. It didn't. I, stroke, yes. Uh, like I said, Alzheimer's, yes. Dementia, yes. Him just fucking around and her squirming out of it. I was really starting to think that she was untouchable. You know? I just thought that she was going, you know, just whistle on through the day. They were going... He was going to say, the bad news is you ain't gave me your number yet. And she was going to be like, how I keep getting these young niggas? And then that was going to end up fucking at some point. That's what I thought was going to happen. But fuck brain cancer and fuck cancer. Like, fuck that shit. Fuck that nigga. And fuck Percy. Like, this nigga didn't ask her nothing. No shame. No worries. No regard. This nigga thought she was out playing bingo and had the nerve to call her an old bitch like he wasn't the one pushing up on her in the first place. Shit is frustrating, y'all. Damn. I hope Miss Bernita's okay. Also, I thought she was going to burn his ass up with the shrimp and grits. I really thought she was going to go Al Green's girlfriend on his ass. I did. I can't even front. I know it's played out. I know at this point in time, Al Green getting burned with the pot of hot grits is like urban legend number 16. But I thought it was going to happen. Applaud to uh, Quan Mills for thinking outside the box. And just I'm going to dope this motherfucker to fuck up and put him all the way to sleep. I'm going to have to put that in the lexicon. Hopefully it worked. Chapter 8. Six months later. It's crazy how life can suddenly turn and turn for the worse. Just when I thought I was living out my best life, I got hit with cancer. And then my love life started to go up in shambles. Crazy thing was, after I tried to put Percy to sleep for good by putting a bunch of my blood pressure meds to his grits, that nigga just slept it off and woke up the next day feeling like a thousand bucks. Soon afterwards, like the trifling nigga I always knew he was, he left me after he told me he got some young girl pregnant. I can't say I was devastated when he told me what he did. After all, I'm, I, I mean, I wanted him to leave anyway. 
But I was truly broken knowing that I had wasted time messing around with some young kid who treated me like dirt and made it his mission to constantly remind me that I was nothing more than a piece of old ass shelter and a home cooked meal. That truly hurt, especially now that I was living with this cancer and I had no real man who really loved me to look after my being. To make matters worse, soon after Percy left me to be with his little young pregnant bitch, Markel decided to up and leave Chicago for Atlanta. Guess he wanted to be in a space where he felt a little more comfortable with his real self. The day after I found out I had brain cancer, I ended up going to an oncologist who told me that I had an inoperable tumor and there was nothing I could do other than potentially try some experimental treatments. But the doctor told me that at my age, those treatments might end up doing more damage than good. So left with no other choices, the doctor told me that the cancer was terminal and that I had no more than a year, two at max, left to live. Honestly, I could say since Clarence died, I had spent a few years after his death trying to make up for lost time. And it was a good run. But now, as I stood here in my bathroom mirror, looking at my poor old self begin to slowly deteriorate, I just knew it was a matter of time before my health would make a much more serious turn. The one thing I could say that I truly regretted was not taking heed to Alice's advice and actually settling down with a man who was right in my age range. Jesus Christ, seriously, I'm sorry, that's just me. Sorry, just popping in, sorry, sorry. Gosh, she, gosh, seriously? Vernita says gosh now? Gosh, golly, oh God, gosh. Fuck me crooked. Gosh, she was so right. I should have just stayed in my lane and found me an older man who was more mature and had his stuff together. I would have had me somebody right now to look after me. I was so lonely. Crazy it may seem, shortly after my cancer diagnosis, Alice ended up finding her a man and now she was living her best life. She lost a hundred pounds, got an entire makeover and now she was looking better than ever. I, on the other hand, was beginning to look like a dried up prune that nobody wanted. Some of my hair was beginning to fall out. My muscles ached damn near every day. My bones felt so brittle and every time I went somewhere, I had to pause just to catch my breath. My oncologist had me taking a few prescriptions to manage the vertigo and occasional nausea I'd have. He told me though that within a few months, I should expect my condition to get worse and I better start getting my affairs in order. He even told me to consider checking myself into a hospice where I'd have 24-7 support and I could make some friends as I began to transition. That was a part of me, though, that still couldn't believe any of this, but I guess I had to realize that at the end of the day, we all have to meet our eventual end. Life isn't forever. We all have to die one day, I guess. But damn, why do I have to go out like this? I always imagine I go out in my sleep, soft as cream, but no, I had to suffer in this agony and any day now, I was just expecting myself to further devolve into absolute pain and horror of cancer. It was late December and snow was falling hard from the skies. Although I'd been in my house all this week, I could feel that it was just so somberly gray outside. It was something about this weather that just made me so sad. I used to love winter so much. Now it was just a bittersweet reminder of how eventually I'd one day end up frozen in a morgue somewhere, getting ready to be buried in some grave. Alice called me earlier and asked me if I wanted to hang out. Although she had been coming by occasionally to check on me, her new relationship had occupied a lot of her time. 
I honestly thought she could have been a bit more supportive and helping me out. But then again, could I blame her? This is the first time in her life she truly felt loved. I was so happy for her, but at the same time, I was so envious. One thing I came to realize that although I'd had my fair share of young men's, none of them actually loved me. They just wanted me and my sex. They just wanted my money, wanted my cooking. None of them wanted my heart. None of them wanted my love. And all I wanted was their love, their affection. All this time I've been living in delusion. Jesus Christ. Anyways, I had to get myself out of this funk though because life obviously was way too short. As I finished getting ready, I wanted to put on one of my sexy outfits just for old time's sake. I wanted to prove to myself I could still get it. I had no idea where Alice was taking me, though, but she wanted to tell me she had a big surprise for me. Some moments later, after I got finished doing my hair and putting on my makeup, I put on one of my sexy dresses and sprinkled some of my favorite perfume all over my body. Damn, I look good. I congratulated myself for looking so marvelous, but deep down, I was truly a mess. I had to stop myself from crying. Get it together, Vernita. Don't do this right now. Everything's gonna be all right. God is still in control. Everything's gonna be all right. Just breathe. I took in a deep breath and exhaled. Breathe in, breathe out. And while I tried my best to simmer my nerves, I still couldn't help but let out a single tear. As I quickly escaped the corner of my left eye, I grabbed the tissue and gently wiped the tear away so I wouldn't ruin my makeup. That's when I heard my phone vibrating on the edge of the bathroom countertop. That had to be Alice, so I quickly yanked the phone and answered, Hey girl, you almost here? Yeah, girl, I'm just pulling up. Okay, I'll meet you outside then, I replied and then hung up. I grabbed my purse, phone, and turned off all the lights. As soon as I got outside, I saw a shiny black, brand new Lincoln Town car pulling up into my driveway. My mouth flung wide open. I saw Alice in the driver's seat and then she waved at me. Once I got in the passenger seat, the smell of a fresh new car filled my nose. Whew, I just love the smell of the new car. Girl, when you buy this, I had to ask. Girl, I just got this yesterday. Lamar gave me the down payment for it and everything. Oh, wow, I see you and Lamar getting really serious. We sure are, she replied with a big ecstatic smile stretched across her face. It was so amazing how losing all that weight made her actually look younger. Looked like she had took about 20 years off her face. Whatever she was doing, I had to do too. I had to commend her because she was doing such a wonderful job. You looking good, Alice. Girl, I need to do whatever you doing. Oh, stop it, Vernita. No, but for real, I'm so proud of you, girl. You look like a million bucks. Well, thank you, she bashfully replied. You still looking good yourself, though. I would never even think you had cancer. How's everything going with that, though? Are you still going to at least try out the other treatment options that that other doctor told you? I sat there silent for a second. I honestly didn't know how to reply. Probably not. I don't, I don't think I should proceed. It just seems like the cons outweigh the pros. Besides, even if the treatment does work, 
what's the point of even living anymore? I lived my life. Oh no, Vernita, please don't say that. No, you have a lot to live for. Like what? Like me, I want you to live. All your friends want you to live. Your family wants you to live. Alice cried. You gonna really make me cry. Please don't give up hope. Yeah, speaking of which, seems like I ain't got no more friends or family. You got a man now and you living your best life. I don't really talk to my own blood like that. I never really did. Oh no, Vernita. Is that how you really feel? I'm sorry I couldn't be any more supportive, but you know, I'm always gonna try my best to be right here to help you out. Now, you know you need to get out of this funk right now because it's just not healthy. It ain't right and it ain't gonna do you no good thinking this way. Yeah, well, how can I help but to feel any different? I didn't want to guilt trip Alice and truth be told, she was right to an extent. If I kept thinking this way, I was gonna hasten my demise. But how can I not feel depressed? How would you feel if a doctor told you that you had less than two years left to live? Every day I had to walk around knowing this very bitter fact. You know what though? You're right. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just a bit in a tizzy right now. I just feel so down because I never thought six months ago my life would suddenly turn for the worse like this. I explained, my head hung low. Once again, I tried to keep myself from crying. But suddenly, this burst of energy filled me, and I shot my head up. But you're right. I can't keep thinking this way. I'm sorry I even sound like this. No, it's all right. You got to get it out. Yeah, well, just forget I'm even acting this way. I just want to hear the surprise of yours. Where are you taking me? Girl, well, I want to take you to the seafood spot out in the suburbs called Papado's. You ever been there before? Lamar took me a few weeks ago and it was so good. They got good shrimp. I chuckled. Yeah, I've been to Papa Do's before. I love their drinks. I had to laugh because I remember one of my little dips used to work there. Terrence was his name. His little sexy yellow thing. Reminded me of Shamar Moore, just a bit brawnier. And I'll never forget how he tossed my salad in the backseat of Paulette in the parking lot. As Alice and I continued our conversation, she pulled out of my driveway. We hopped on a lakeshore drive and I swear my mood shifted. The sun began to peek through the thickness of the gray clouds and I had a glimmer of hope that perhaps things would be a bit different. Perhaps I should get a second opinion about my health. In fact, now that I think about it, I'm gonna do that first thing in the morning. Find me a new doctor. I didn't like that cracker of a doctor I had any damn way. Are y'all fucking serious right now? Like this is, this. Uh, I think the song goes, why do you build me up buttercup baby just to let me down. Don't do any more chapters like this Quan. please. Like this is that chapter where everything that she was making fun of comes to fruition and now she's walking through the streets like if this was a, a, a tv show they'd be playing that sad ass charlie brown music in the background this is this ain't nothing like vernita
and I know I never had brain cancer before. So I would expect that somebody would get depressed while dealing with brain cancer. But for her to suddenly be jealous of Alice, for her to say that Alice lost 20, uh, lost 20 years off her and now all of a sudden she looked younger than, than Vernita do, for her to lose her entire swagger, come on now. And for her to sound all whiny, like you gone, you done started off with your with your boyfriend. And I'll never see you no more. That's that's some bullshit. I don't think Vernita would ever talk like that. She ain't never shown the. She ain't never had a reason to talk like that. But you can't just write somebody one way and then all of a sudden just shift because it fits your mood. You know what I'm saying? Like even if she has a a, a moment where she's down, which I can understand, like two days later, three days later, she's feeling like I'm going to make everybody feel bad for me six months later in this book. I know this is all leading up to probably being like something where the, 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 the cancer mysteriously just disappears and she'll probably end up getting with Dr. McKnight or something like that. I'm glad Percy's gone. The way that he left, like, really, she drugged him with an entire bottle of blood pressure pills, and he just took a nap and woke up and then left anyway. Like, that's that's special. This whole chapter was special. And I don't mean special, like, in an offensive way. I just mean it was, like, it wasn't the best. And, I mean, I enjoy this book so far. I really do, but... This chapter wasn't it. I don't like Vernita talking like this. That's weird that I'm saying that. I don't like people having emotions or showing their emotions, but it's so far to the opposite spectrum of what he's dressed Vernita up as. You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, I wish I did have an old ass nigga my age that was going to take care of me. Alice was right. These young men don't, love me they just love my money and my food and my sex i realize now that i really want love even though like two chapters ago i was saying i'm not in this for love turns out i was just deluding myself this whole time but were you really oh no hopefully the next chapter will lighten this up a little bit because right now according to the kindle we are only 43% of the way through this book. So something got to happen. I can't, I can't, I won't. I mean, I will because I'm reading it, but I ain't going to like it though. I have to read this whole book and she's like, oh my God, the cancer, the cancer. And I mean, seriously, fuck cancer. Like fuck cancer. It has done nothing, man. Fuck cancer in the face and in the chest. But if you wrote this so then Vernita could have some kind of come to Jesus moment, miss me. Thank y'all for checking us out. Uh, if you want to leave a comment, you can email us at wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. You can also just go to our Twitter uh, page, which is Ratchet Book Club. Um, 
you could talk with me there and I'll be there. Um, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast at. If the place you listen to podcasts at doesn't allow you to leave five-star reviews, just go to Apple. They, they let you do it. They'll let you do whatever you want, really. Um, thank you to everybody who takes time out to listen to the show. I greatly do appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's been sharing the show with their friends. Thank you to everybody who's been uh, getting at us, letting us know what they think about the uh, show thus far. It's all greatly appreciated. Um, thank you to the folks who have left five star reviews thus far. Again, it's greatly appreciated. This is, this ain't the business. It ain't. That was a bummer of a second chapter. So I'm looking forward to the next chapter. So then we can see that everything may not have gotten better, but the lights are coming out. The sun's coming out. And I'm happy for Alice. Her and Lamar, she deserves to be happy. But if Vernita starts dating some 60-year-old ass nigga that she left at the at that steppers club, I'm gonna be highly, I'm gonna be very peeved. And she said, gosh, Vernita, don't talk like that. You cannot make somebody one way. You you want to be one way, but it's another way. You want her to act her age now, and you can't do that. She you you can't, you can't. I mean, you can. It's your book. I'm just saying you shouldn't. Anyhow, this Wretched Book Club, I'm Derek. Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly do appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name,